Well, good morning. It is wonderful to have you all here this morning. Please join me as we sing the doxology, which is found in the red hymnal, and it's number 549. The doxology, number 549. Praise God from is hymn number 640. Guard me, O God, for I seek your protection. I say, O Lord, you are my greatest good. The holy powers that were in the land are only your nobles. I do not like them. They bring only troubles. In haste they regress. I will pour no libation of blood. I will not say their names with their lips. You have measured my portion. It is you who sustain my allotment. My boundaries fall in fine places. My inheritance pleases me well. I will bless the Lord, for he guides me. By night my heart so instructs me. I put the Lord always before me. He always will stay at my side. Therefore my heart is now glad. My pride is rejoicing. My body can live in safety. For you will not leave me to die, nor commit your saint to the grave. You will show me the pathway of life. Your favor means the fullness of joy. Your hand offers pleasures forever. Amen. Our first hymn this morning is number 476, Give Your Best to the Master. Hymn number 476, Give Your Best to the Master. Give up your best to the master, give up the strength of your youth, throw in soul's fresh glory and order into the battle for truth. Jesus has left his own faith, excuse me, give up the best that you had, right? That in salvation's full armor, join of your youth, glad in salvation's full honor, join in the battle for truth, give up your best to the master, give him first place in your heart, give him first place in your service, consecrate every part, given to you shall be given, God is beloved son gave, gratefully seeking his service, give him the best that you have, give up your best to the master, give up the strength of 
Give of your best to the Master, not else is worthy his love. He gave himself for your ransom, gave up his glory above. Lay down his life without murmur, you from sin's ruin to save. Give him your heart's adoration, give him the best that you have. Give up your best to the Master, give up the strength of your youth. Glad in salvation's full armor, join in the battle for truth. Amen. Finally got on track there. Let's go before the Lord in prayer. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that you have brought us here this morning to come and worship you. And Lord, we are so thankful for the opportunity that we have to worship. We thank you for those that are here. We thank you for those that are watching on television throughout the medical center. Lord, we lift them all up to you in prayer right now. God, we would ask that as we offer our prayers to you, that you would remind us always of the presence of your Holy Spirit in our lives, that regardless of the circumstances that we are in, regardless of the challenges that we might be facing, that you are always there with us. And in our call to worship, we read, Lord, that you are always by our side, and that you are there to give us that joy, to give us that protection, to give us that strength. And God, we ask for that right now. And God, we think of the needs of others, of family members and of friends, of patients throughout this medical center, of the staff that is working today, Lord, of the family members that will be visiting. Lord, in the same way, God, we offer them up to you in prayer, and God, we'd ask that you would remind them always of your presence, that you are by their side, that you are there to give them that joy, that you are there to give them that protection, that you are there to give them that strength. And God, in all that we do, we endeavor to seek your will for our lives. Give us the discernment, the understanding, the wisdom, the charity, and the vision to do those things that you've called us to do. And God, we are so thankful that you taught us to pray by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. And give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for praying with me. Our next hymn is Savior, Like a Shepherd, Lead Us. Number 480. Savior, Like a Shepherd, Lead Us. Number 480. Thou hast bought us, thine we are. Blessed 
blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast bought us thine we are. Thou hast promised to receive us, poor and sinful though we be. Thou hast mercy to relieve us, grace to cleanse and power to free. Jesus, lovely, let us turn to Thee. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, early let us turn to Thee. Early let us seek Thy favor, early let us do Thy will. Blessed Lord and only Jesus, thou hast loved us, loved us still. Blessed Jesus, blessed Jesus, thou hast loved us, loved us still. Amen. Please be seated. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 7 beginning with verse 40. Jesus replied to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. A creditor had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. So which of them will love him more? Simon answered, I suppose the one he forgave more. You have judged correctly, he told him. Amen. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you've given us this opportunity to sing hymns together, to read scripture together, to offer prayers together. And Lord, I would just ask, that you would help me to say those things that we all need to hear so that we can have a deeper understanding of our relationship with you and a deeper understanding that we have with each other. Help me now, I pray, in Christ's name. As we were singing the first hymn, Give of Your Best to the Master, I was thinking about the person that first introduced me to that hymn. His name is Chaplain Zitlau, and he was one of the chaplains here many years ago, so it seems. And he's the one that introduced me to that hymn. So as we were singing it, I had that pause, and my mind flipped to where I first learned that hymn. And that was from Chaplain Zitlau. And he was one of the chaplains here, and one of the programs that he was deeply involved in was the substance abuse program that we have here because he himself was recovering from his own personal alcohol and prescription drug use. And what a testimony he had to all that were 
here for the treatment for that purpose because he could relate and he could tell them like it is and like it should be and what a testimony in the many years that he had of sobriety in that program and now he is with the Lord and as I was singing that song I was thinking of him so I just want to pause and remember him because every time I sing that song I think of him that has absolutely nothing to do with my sermon this morning except for this one one thing that he always used to say that if you're going to do anything sin on the side of love and he would say that often sin on the side of love because this morning we are going to talk about forgiveness but within that forgiveness part I want you to think about the title of the sermon that there is a joyous celebration in forgiveness do we recognize that do I see it do you see it that in the forgiveness that we have in Jesus Christ that there should be a joyous celebration because of God's grace for each and every one of us and the parable that I read you specifically talks about the creditor and the debtors and no doubt in that situation that the one that was that owed more had a joyous celebration because of what was forgiven and my guess is that both of the debtors whether it was the 50 whether it was the 500 had a joyous celebration in their debt being forgiven I know I would if I owed somebody a substantial amount of money whether it was in the thousands or whether it was in the hundred thousands I would rejoice regardless of the amount the fact that I no longer had to repay a debt that was owed in the same way you and I do not have to pay a debt that is owed it has been paid for for what Christ has done for us on the cross but do we believe that or do we take it for granted because if you are familiar with this parable what had just happened previously is when the woman comes in puts perfume on Jesus' feet wipes his feet with her tear washed face hair and eyes kisses and anointed his feet and that's the scenario of the story just before this parable and then Jesus reminds Simon of the things that he had not done when he first came in to his house the greeting the things that are done out of routine that needed to take place but yet he took Christ's presence for granted do we take Christ's presence for granted 
in our lives? Or do we have the attitude of the woman that comes and embraces Christ, falls on our knees in front of Christ, cries, kisses his feet, wipes his feet. I don't have any hair. If I had hair, wipe my wipe his feet with my hair. Kiss and anoint his feet. Or do we just take Christ for granted in our lives with a very skeptical attitude of what Christ means to us? Or do we have a joyous celebration each time we go before God? asking God to forgive us. But we have to remember that our sins have been forgiven, yes, as far as the east is from the west. Last weekend I was at a retreat, specifically with veterans and connecting with their lives spiritually in terms of understanding the things that they need to experience with themselves and with God And one of the stories that was told was a wonderful story about guilt. And I hope I get it right as I tell you this story. There was a boy and a girl, a son, excuse me, a daughter and a son. And their parents had taken them to their grandparents' house. They had dropped them off. They had left them there to stay with Grandma and Grandpa. And it was a farm. They were out in the country. And so as the grandson went out and explored the area around the farm, anybody ever been on a farm? Everybody, anybody ever experienced that? Well, he decided that he would start throwing stones at different things. Tried to throw them at some birds, tried to throw them at some squirrels, tried to throw them at some rabbits, and he could not hit anything. So as he was walking down the hill and back onto the premises of the farm where the farm house was, he was walking up the gravel road, picked up a stone, and he was just holding it in his hand. He was trying to think about what he could do with that stone. And here comes this big, fat duck waddling. Ever see a fat duck waddle? Just waddling up up the driveway there, and he had the stone in his hand. He took the stone, and he threw it at the duck, He hit the duck, and he killed the duck. And he's like, what am I going to do now? So he picked up the duck, and he hid it in some bushes that was along the driveway there, along along the road that led led up to the house. And he's like, well, nobody's going to find it there. I'll I'll just hide it there, and nobody's going to see it. Later on in the day, they had supper, and Grandma was asking for someone to come and help with the dishes and she was expecting her granddaughter to come and help her with the dishes and the girl whispered to her brother remember the duck remember the duck and immediately the young boy raised his hand and told grandma that he would come and that he would help with the dishes The next day, they were out on the porch, grandma and grandpa, the grandson, the granddaughter, the brother and the sister, 
They were there. Grandpa wanted to take the boy fishing. The daughter, the granddaughter would have to stay and help Grandma with the chores around the house, do some house cleaning. The sister, the girl, went over to the brother, whispered in his ear, remember the duck. And so the boy said, Grandma, I'll help you with the chores and my sister can go with Grandpa and go fishing. So the grandson was helping Grandma with the chores around the house and the Grandma finally said to her grandson, how long are you going to allow the guilt of killing that duck influence you? Because I saw you kill the duck. And when I heard that story last weekend, I thought about the many ducks that I've killed in my life. The guilt that I have in many different circumstances. And there was a reminder there for me, and there's a reminder there for you, that we do not have to live with the guilt of the things that we have done in our lives because of what Christ has done for us. So when we think about that, when we think about the relationship that we have with Jesus Christ, is it a joyous celebration? Or do we live with the guilt of the things in our lives, that load, that burden, the influence that it has on us? Or do we allow it to be taken away? Perhaps there might be a circumstance in your life this morning that is whispering in your ear, remember the duck, remember the duck. I know that there is for me, as I stand before you this morning, but we are reminded that because of what Christ done for us, that he says we no longer need to live with those ducks. On the contrary, any time that we think about those ducks, we think about those circumstances that we feel so guilty of, there should be a joyous celebration because Christ has forgiven us. And he wants us to live a life without that guilt. He has set you free. He has set me free. And it is in that gratefulness that we reflect on the application within our own lives in terms of what we do with that forgiveness. Do we acknowledge that forgiveness? Do we see within our own lives how much God has forgiven us? Or do we reflect on it in such a way, the way that Simon did? in a very judgmental way. The woman that came in, the woman with a past, the tear-washed feet of Christ, 
the hair-dried feet of Christ, the kiss and the anointed feet of Christ. Because that woman left with forgiveness, with freedom, with joy, a cause for celebration. Or do we allow our own righteousness get in the way with understanding the relationship that Christ truly wants us to have? Do we worship our Christianity or do we worship Christ? Do we follow our Christianity or do we follow Christ? Is there a difference in those statements? Yes, there is. Because Christianity is something that culturally we identify with and maybe we agree with the general principles of it. And perhaps we worship that. Perhaps we follow that. But what's more important is us to worship Christ. To us, for us to follow Christ in all of those circumstances. To embrace what God has done for us to embrace the forgiveness. We are no longer burdened by the guilt. We have been set free. Do we take that forgiveness? Do we receive that forgiveness? Do we understand that forgiveness? Do we demonstrate that forgiveness that we have in Christ? Do you question whether you are forgiven or not? I know I do. And I have been reminded by chaplains, by family members, you have been forgiven. You have been forgiven because of what Christ has done for you on the cross. Yet sometimes I question that. How can God forgive me? I know that I am a sinner. I struggle with things every day. Whether you want to call it the old nature versus the new nature, whether you want to call it struggling with the devil and the temptations that come our way on a daily basis. In fact, the other day I was actually thinking this thought that if I am not struggling with the devil, if I am not struggling with my old nature every day, that I truly am not living. Does that make sense to you? Because when we struggle with those things that we know are challenges for us, the things that we struggle with that get in the way of us having the life with God through His Son, Jesus Christ, the way that God wants us to have it, I hope you are having those struggles because that means that God is working in your life. That means God is working on the things in your life and in my life to take us to the point of perfection. The other day there was a conversation about being imperfect and living a life of imperfection. But being imperfect and living a life of imperfection does not mean for you to be lazy. Does not mean for you to be 
disrespectful. Does that make sense? Because sometimes we're driven by this model of perfection. And God does not want us or expects us to be perfect because that's why we're in Christ. But that does not mean that we can be lazy about our walk with God. That does not mean that we can be disrespectful to others. That's not what imperfection is. Our walk with God should reflect the imperfection of our lives, but that's why we have Christ. That's why we need Christ. But that does not mean that we are lazy in our walk with God. That does not mean that we are disrespectful to the things of God. Because then we see within our own imperfections the areas that God wants us to work on. And he gives us the opportunity to work on those things. And yes, we stumble and we fall, but we get back up and we walk again. It is always two steps forward and one step back. But yet the joyous celebration that God wants us to have in Christ should never leave us. It should always there, be there with us all of the time because of the fact that God has taken away our guilt. And we acknowledge that. We repent. We receive. And we demonstrate with that joyous celebration, we delight in that forgiveness. We reflect on the gratitude that we have and we say, thank you, God, for forgiving me. Thank you, God, for loving me. Thank you, God, for showing me the way that you want me to take each one of my steps every day as I struggle, as I wrestle, as I deal with the challenges as I deal with the things that I face on a daily basis about myself. And God, I thank you for those challenges. I thank you for those things that I struggle with because it makes me better in my relationship with you. And on top of that, it makes my relationship better with each other, with my family, with my friends, with the people here that I work with with the people that I serve with. Because I realize my faults. I realize my failures. And because of that, it helps me to deal with the failures of others, the faults of others. And it reminds me of what Chaplain Zitlau would always say, that if you're going to sin, sin on the side of love. Do what is right. Amen. Let us take a few moments and prepare our hearts for communion this morning. As we celebrate that joyous celebration of what Christ has done for us and the forgiveness that he gives to each and every one of us. Let us pray. Our gracious God, we are so thankful that you give us this opportunity to come and worship you. We thank you, God, that you forgive us. And Lord, 
I would just ask that you would take my guilt away. That you would take the guilt away of others that are here. Because, Lord, that's what the cross has done for all of us. We no longer need to listen to those whispers of guilt to make us do things that we shouldn't be doing or put us on a direction that is the worst way for us to go. But God, we ask that you give us that guidance, the guidance that gives us the freedom and the liberty to enjoy our daily relationship with you, to overcome those struggles, to overcome those challenges, to overcome those things that we wrestle with because it draws us closer to you. Thank you, God, for forgiving us of our sins and giving this time of communion that we have. In Christ's name, amen. from the Lord what I also pass on to you. The Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us take together. In the same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us partake together. Our closing hymn is number 485. Take my life and let it be. 485, take my life and let it be. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. 
Thank you for coming.